Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for ten years. All right, lads, we have to start with the Sligo situation. Unfortunately, they've they've pulled out of the game at the weekend with Galway. So, like, it's definitely an unfortunate situation Paul Taylor um he was on local radio and he was saying that the players are very disappointed he says we've always acted within the guidelines we've always done everything that was possible we that we possibly could for the health and well-being of the group that's always been a priority that has been my the priority of my job to protect the group um situation here is Jer is that they have I think it's 11 players between positive cases between isolating they have injuries and they say that they can't fulfil the fixture. We, we suppose we just have to take them at their word um, on that. Yeah, like on one level, you 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 know you're inside that Sligo camp, bully. You're you're you must be frustrated with with being put in this position that you have to go and concede the game. Um, but something else that I've kind of that I haven't noticed, I I haven't seen their their county board, yes, or even someone from Connacht's council coming out looking to see can the fixture be rearranged. Um, there is enough time there uh, between the All-Ireland semi-finals. Um, we, we're only at quarter-final stage in Leinster this weekend, so there's definitely enough time there to allow uh, for a game to be moved. And I, I just would hope that maybe... We, this isn't the end of it, that that there is some work being done in the background that will give those Sligo players who, who would have put in an awful lot of work, of course, during the uh, the last couple of years um, and the last 12 months in particular, that they are given the opportunity to represent their county um, in, in, in championship football because there's, there's no better feeling um, yeah. The no, only, the only, no. yeah, the only thing on that, Jerry, is that, and Fergal McGill was talking about this, and John Horan has said that no postponements will be entertained before All-Ireland in semi-final, potentially All-Ireland final stage. And, like, I mean, say you were to put it back to next week, what would happen if Galway, you know, got a, a, a few positive cases or, yeah. you know, Sligo got a few more and then it was put off the next week? The, the, the GA's stance on this is that if you start doing this, where do you stop? Where they stop, and 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 again, from that position, you can obviously appreciate where the GA come from too. I I would look back to Fermanagh's commitment to the league fixture over in Clare, where I think they had in the teens in terms of cases as well. Uh, you might correct me on that. And yeah, seventeen. Seventeen. So so they managed to, to to get a squad together and go and fulfil the fixture. Now there's a difference obviously between championship and league. 
but at the same time um they did uh, call upon their under 20s and uh fellas who did well in the club to, to to go represent the county and you know they uh showed themselves well in that particular game so i just don't know is everything being done that that that, that can be done to to get this game played um uh, the GA, I know they've said what they've said, but how many times have they said something and done and gone and done something else? The GA, uh, the organisation that it is, but um, I think if there is an opportunity and scope for the for, for the match to be uh, to be played uh, one week later, um, and the hope that maybe the same doesn't happen to Galway, but again, I, I fully agree with your point as well. It's a it's a hard situation if the Galway lads end up contracting COVID the following week, then. The same um, gesture has to be uh, given to them too. That's the thing, I suppose, Connor. It's it. Look, you'd have sympathy for Sligo. There's a part of me just says to Sligo, bring in a few extended panel members, bring in a couple of the under twenties, play the game. You know, like I mean, mm. there's, there's a panel of thirty-two. We know eleven are gone, and then there's some injuries as well. The numbers, you know, like I mean, it, could there be an element of this? Like I tried to get Paul Taylor on the show. You like. He had a very easy interview yesterday. We're not really getting to the bottom of anything. How many players has he available? Why can't he use under twenties? Is it any harm to go play the game? You know, to go play the game anyways. I, I don't know. I don't know where to come down on it. Whether to give sympathy to Sligo or whether to be critical of them. Yeah, and I'm the same, Willie, because uh, like there there has been different cases in the last number of weeks, and there's been different circumstances. We've come down harder on on maybe some counties where where we thought there was more wiggle room to fulfil fixtures. Uh, than others, maybe maybe in Sligo's case. My my thing on this is just, and I'm with Jer, is that like, so the fact that John Horn has left some wiggle room for there to be fixtures moved, and I know he's not saying he's saying that that's not going to happen until the All Ireland semi final and the final. But the reality is that this is a conic semi final, so we're only two games away from the All Ireland semi final anyway. And this is like this is a bit different from let's say Jer brought up for Mana. It's a bit different in that like there wasn't any wiggle room there because that was the end of the league, and you're talking about the championship. You know, have take. They maybe could have played a win midweek, but the window was a lot tighter. Whereas in this case, the remaining provincial finals, the other three provincial finals, aren't until the following weekend anyway. And yeah. I get, I completely get your point there about like, what if it happened to Galway? But I just think like in this case, they could have taken it in isolation and potentially moved it, moved it on a week, especially with that three week window. A three week window that probably isn't going to be likely. You know, it's it, it's not going to be likely in any other province but because that, they, that, yeah, but- the following weekend. That could potentially, Connor, go from the Connacht final being at half past one the following week on RTE to not being on television at all. Like, I mean, would you be happy with Galway and Mayo not being on television, for example? Well, well, I, well, I don't know the schedules. Maybe, maybe, well, it, well, it could be a case like this week, like at the weekend, Mayo Leitrim was on RTE News Now as long as it was, it was televised to a certain degree. Obviously, I wouldn't be happy with that. Would I be happier with that? Rather than the game, this game not being played at all, probably, probably to be honest, just under these completely, obviously, completely strange circumstances that we're in. It just, as I said, Jeremy Jer made a good point there about like I do feel for the Sligo lads. We're like we're we don't know the circumstances of how you know with injuries and and like to what extent that their their panel is has kind of been decimated. But just to to be in a position where. You know, yeah, as you said, you have to take them at their word. To be in a position where they have to withdraw from the championship, I do fear for them. And I, I would have said that I thought there would have been more of a case to make to have the game pushed back a week. Yeah, exactly. Paul Taylor says they've acted within the guidelines. Like, they have some close contacts that have to pull out. You'd hope those close contacts were people they lived with and that these fellas weren't driving to training together or anything like that. Because Tomas O'Shea did make the point, Chair, that none of the big counties are having these problems. And you have the likes of Kerry driving 
you know, up to Monaghan individually in their cars. You know what I mean? Like, you just can't really drive to training. I'm not saying Sligo were doing that. I'm, sp- I'm talking in general here. You cannot drive to training with a couple of your mates and expect everything to be okay because when the shit hits the fan, the whole car is out. Yeah, look at... Um... <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to even looking at the national averages like Sligo as a county nationally. Um, um, I they're one of the best, no? They are one of the best. So so I'm just thinking, um, which 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 fella on, on the Sligo team went off chasing a woman or something like that <laughs> and, uh, and jumped in the car with a few lads. But joking aside, it could have been something as simple as that. But you know, there, there probably needs to be a bit more um, communication. From, from the Sligo camp um, and county board just to probably clarify um, a couple of the, the questions that are out there because I think nationally um, everybody would feel uh, searching for the players but then there is a sense of being critical of, 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 of the Sligo um, uh, county board whereby they're not pushing harder to get the game put back and even if I'm putting myself in the Galway camp you know, Galway would be looking for a decent game uh, to, 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 uh, to sharpen the axe a bit if, um, if they were to get over Sligo in terms of playing Mayo in the Connacht final. Um, I think Galway going into a Connacht final against Mayo uh, without getting an opportunity to improve on their, their two league performances, um, most recent performances, I think that won't necessarily help Galway's preparation. No. Either you know, um, I, I think every everybody wants to see the game being played, and and um, I think I think there could be more that should be done uh, to to try and get it over the line, and even like I don't know, Woody, whatever you you're, you're coming to the end of your your Sligo career, or it could be your first time putting on the Sligo jersey. You, you've been looking forward to playing championship for your county, and um, to, to 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 not have that there now. And I know Sligo's current. Um, position the league and trajectory is, is obviously different to, to Galway and Galway would be uh, heavy favourites going into it but um, yeah. on any given day um, west of Ireland heavy pitch you know uh, you could turn uh, a Division 1 team over you know Well I think the Fergal McGill was talking about the integrity of the championship and Tomás O'Shea was calling that into question and Fergal McGill says I don't think there's any question about the integrity of the championship Galway still have to win a provincial title and I completely agree with that like I mean let's be honest I understand what you're saying they could you could potentially be turned over but it's not like Galway are getting a bye against Mayo like Galway are getting a bye in a game to be unbackable favourites to win so I, I don't think the integrity of the championship has been called into question. I do think the integrity of the championship will be called into uh, into uh, question at some point. But then, and then again, I suppose you, you look at it, and people always use the example: Oh, if Dublin or Kerry had this, would they would would it be changed for them? Dublin or Kerry have enough for two teams. Like yeah. Dublin or Kerry would field a team, you know, and they'd probably be able to field a very strong team if they had maybe ten out. It's maybe the weaker counties feel that when they're missing you know, 10 fellas that they don't have a chance, you know, and maybe that's um, something that uh, is happening. I want to move on from that, lads, because yeah. we got some good news yesterday in that the Fixtures Calendar Review Task Force um, updated the report and they have decided to um, include a split season. So this was something they disagreed with when they released their first report and now they're all for it. I suppose they saw how it worked and how great it was to have uninterrupted club season you know, and not just pushed into April 
in between intercounty season, just run it off by itself. Um, another two bits and pieces was that there be the early season competitions um, will be gone. There be no training uh, until January the first. This is to come in in 20, uh, 2022, not for next year. The GPA and the CPA seem to support it, and they have two championship restructures. Um, I'm not going to get into them, but I don't know, Connor. It looks like it's fairly positive enough stuff that we might in 2022 have nothing to give out about on the show here. Yeah, and it only took the GA. It only took a global pandemic for the GA to realise the way forward, will you? <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's great. Listen, everybody, we we talked about it during the summer. Uh, everybody has seen the benefits in terms of like more games, less training at the club level, tighter schedule, and the, and the big thing about it is that you don't have your club season dictated to by the demands of intercounty. And one thing I think as well that that that's been really important for the advent of the the, the split season. Is that like to a man from what I saw, like intercounty players were all on board with it as well. And like, you know, you could say that that's lip service. They'd say that because they're club people at heart as well as county players. But it seems very, very genuine that that the county players have rode in behind it as well. So listen, it, it's rare that there's, you know, kind of universal agreement on, on GA matters across the board. But I think that's I think that seems to be the case here, and it's a good job it's been recognised. And you know I don't think anyone will have any issue with it, with it not coming in until twenty twenty two because the likelihood is, depending on what happens over the next couple of months, that next year might be a bit kind of interrupted anyway. So listen, I think I'm all for this, um, and just glad to see that you know that this that there, there seems to be a big movement. Like I know you mentioned the championship structures there, um, but. The, the status quo option looks to looks to be it's it's still there as an option, but yeah. there needs to be a big movement towards a split season, and I think that's definitely the way forward. No, it, it definitely is. All Ireland finals in mid July, Jer. You're a traditionalist. How do you feel about that? I I would be very happy, Woolly. Um, I, I was talking to a club mate of mine um, over the last few days, and in, in when was it? Two thousand and seven. Um, I think it was around December the the ninth or tenth. We played Port Leash in in a, a Leinster club final, and um, I remember doing uh, an interview in the in the in the build up to that game. And one of the questions one of the reporters asked was about, "Would you like to have the club season done uh, before Christmas, as opposed to waiting to St Patrick's Day?" And I would have said yes at that time. And any time I've ever heard uh, a player being interviewed who's representing their club at provincial final stage, and they seem to be asked that question every year uh, for the last donkey's years, would you rather get the club played um, in the one season? I, I've yet to hear anybody say no. Uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it just makes absolutely perfect sense to get that done. Like the, the even recalling some of my double, Dublin days in the early years, Wally, you know, the before sometimes five weeks between uh, the quarterfinal of, of uh, Leinster and the semi-final, and you'd be getting absolutely flogged, and there'd be no access to the to the club in terms of uh, turning out for a couple of club games. Maybe a few fellas on the extended panel would be allowed to go back, but it was it was just a tough slog over the, over the summer months, and I think, you know, you look at other professional sports, uh, the NFL, um, even basketball, I know they have different models and that, but you know, it's a fairly, it's a, it's a, it's a defined season. You play this amount of games during this, this particular time. You, you get your body right for this uh, uh, part of the season and, and, and off you go. And I know I'm meandering a small bit, but going, going looking at the Dublin Club Championship this year, uh, Ballymon Kickhams. Ballymon have, have, have had the most uh, representatives on the county for the last number of years and their inability to, to win more Dublin Championships would have been... Um, 
not that I'm complaining, but uh, <laughs> by, 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 by the lack of access to their to their players. Now, St. Vincent's, we were in the similar boat um, for a good few years as well, while not having the same amount of fellas in the in the start of 15 for Dublin. But uh, we were able to manage that bit better. But I think we're going to see really, really competitive club championships now with players um, being fully available with no couple of games in April. And then you're back to the county and then you're absolutely knackered after a, a prolonged inter-county campaign. And all you want to do is go on holidays or have a few beers and relax. And then yeah, you, now you but you, you're going, you're still going to have that though, Jared. Like I mean, the, yeah. the, the this year the club came before the intercounty. The intercounty is going to end the middle of July, but you're still going to have that um, issue with you know Dean Rock, James McCarthy, and these fellas coming back, you know, walking wounded after potentially winning an All Ireland. That problem isn't going away. Yeah, and that's a, and that's a fair point. Um, I think that the, I suppose what I'm hinting at is when you're representing your club. Um, in that April window, um, as they had do- done in Dublin uh, for before they brought in the April for clubs um, under John Horn, uh, Dublin always played a couple of rounds of championship in 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 April. You always had the county in the back of your mind, and there was always that yeah. bit of pressure there. Yeah, but there was nothing more enjoyable than the county being finished and going back and playing for the club if you got a bit of a break um, after the county and just enjoying the lads, enjoying the crack. You're not necessarily dropping your standards, but you know that there isn't a microscope on you the whole time in terms of every single movement or GPS tracking uh, that you would have uh, in an intercounty setup, and becomes more freeing, more, 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 more enjoyable. And um, I think it's great that the, the club is going to come after the county. Um, um, in my in my opinion, yeah, because there is the danger, uh, Connor, that if the club comes first, you know the county managers will be pressuring them to come the one because they're you know the one night a week or maybe you know, whatever, at least when the club is after the county, the county managers with all their power are gone and yeah. you're, you're kind of back. There's a little more, bit more freedom for them. Yeah, we, we said that during the summer because I think initially, I think people were so energised by the return of club football that they, they were suggesting that like, oh, this should be the way it should be all the time. And there's, still really- people, there's still people actually asking for that. I don't understand yeah. it. I, 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 well, I don't either, Willie. Do you know, this was, this, we, we were saying as much during the summer, like, you know, you don't, you don't all, all of a sudden forget about the inter county. And there was, a, there was a perception that we talked about a couple of times that, like, you know, that inter county players cared more about their clubs than their county, which definitely, you know, might be the case in isolated cases. But these lads were hell bent on representing their county as well to the best of their ability. So, like, I think that, I think that it works better that way. And I think it's, it's, it, like, it's, it's not unfair on the clubs that, you know that the county comes comes first because you know the all Ireland finals are you're looking at mid July so for the vast vast majority of counties they can begin their championship in maybe you know mid to late June and they still get a good run in the summer at it whereas before you know it it, it might have been a bit later so and that's the, the big thing there is like like Mayo has been quite good actually to be fair in terms of interference with you know like county interference in club matters but there's a lot of counties where that's that's absolutely not the case so the fact that when you're splitting it down the middle no county no county manager can get to influence the club campaign once the inter-county season is over just on that I wouldn't like that to happen I would like if the All-Irelands are in mid-July that every county start their inter-county season done. Yeah, and on August the first, or else you have the kind of the whole club players sitting around waiting. Are we playing next week? Or are the county going to win or yeah. lose? No, you know, like let's just say the intercounty season ends mid July. 
every single county, imagine every county's kicking off their club campaign on the 1st of August. There'd be a great bit of, uh, you know, excitement and interest in it. Whereas if where they all start in different dribs and drabs, I don't think there is the same. I think if your county, like you're saying, Connor, is knocked out early in May or June, play the last four or five league games with your club, you know, build up into, into, yeah. into the club championship season. I think that might be the... That, that I think in my head, that's probably the best. In my head, I'd say that's probably what will happen. Um, here, we, we were talking about this, Ger, on the on the show on Monday, a quote from Niall Carew after he lost to Offaly um, the other day. He says, I, was, I would be hoping that we get back training in two weeks' time for pre-season and there are a few other lads in Carlo I'd li- I would like to look at as well. Like, I mean, this lad is a right uh, drill sergeant, slave master. He's not he's giving you two weeks off is all he's doing. These these because they're fellas. They've an army background. Some of these fellas. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think Niall after uh, after the final whistle, Wally, we were obviously disappointed, but we were so encouraged and and, and excited as a, as a management by by what we saw uh, from the Carlo guys and and um, the the heart and commitment they demonstrated, and from a, a kind of some technical and tactical uh, learnings, they were so obvious. Uh, to us on the line that um, we were we were just nearly getting overexcited about getting back and, and <laughs> working on them because they were they were easily fixed and we were we were kind of looking at even historically um, the game on Sunday between Carlo and Offaly was the eleventh time they've ever met in championship with Carlo only winning once I think maybe in the fifties or sixties and and and, and we, we were just a bit giddy I suppose um, uh, after the bit of a huddle but. Look at what what you're looking to do, um, Niall, uh, Jimmy, Niall, um, uh, Woolley, is is your preseason. Like you do need a good six weeks of a of a of a of a preseason if you're yeah. uh, managing an elite team. And even just going back to my early years with Dublin, where we were knocked out that bit early um, on occasion, um, you would certainly, as a younger player. Um, few areas of development were identified from a strength point of view and you'd be looking in the next two or three weeks just to probably um do a bit of testing with a couple of guys to yeah. see where they're at and uh see, i wasn't i wasn't really criticizing it i was more psychologically i couldn't get my head around it because this is pre-season time but we're not even at leinster semi-finals <laughs> we're not even at leinster semi-final stage it's it's just getting all our heads around the fact i don't think there's anything really yeah. wrong in, in what Niall crew said the, uh, yeah, yeah. See, there was there was probably three or four fellas um, established guys in previous years who, for different reasons, um, weren't able to get back involved, and and uh, we were kind of maybe excited about those fellas if they do want to get a ba- get back involved that they will touch base. But then we did look at about nearly I think fifty eight players um, in, over a three week kind of trial period. And and there's a few guys there that have a bit of potential that you'd like to get your hands on. And um, but uh, given this short time frame that we had to prepare for the league and uh, and the championship, uh, we couldn't hold on to them um, this time round. But you'd like to kind of throw them on some sort of program. Um, and again, it's important you're not going out flogging fellas um, at all. It's, it, it, it's uh, I I remember Shane Ryan, um, midfielder from from Dublin Woolley and. Reiner won't mind me sharing this. Uh, he, he's a, a good sense of humour, but uh, Reiner used to come back um, after the winter and he'd have about two stone on him and uh, he'd be eating the sausages and, and everything else uh, before games. He'd uh, be staying in hotels or whatever before league games and he'd be having a full-on fry and I used to be looking at him saying, what are you doing? You know? 
but um, he used to be all about peaking for the summer. Well, inevitably, uh, that approach that used to exist in Gaelic uh, football and hurling, where you come back fast in the winter and then you slog lads, the amount of injuries you actually pick up, uh, soft tissue injuries, because the load yeah. goes from zero to 100% in a short amount of time. But we all know now that sports science uh, informs us that you have to be doing something in the off season, just even light, just to uh, keep a bit of a, uh, fitness going. And uh, the closer you get to the league, then you can kind of um, you can kind of up the tempo and uh, reduce the amount of injuries. You know, yeah. answer. That was a good answer, Willie. To your <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, I I um, I don't really know why you have to explain who Shane Ryan is to me. By the way, like I have played against him, not, <laughs> and and he's he's flying it with the Dublin Masters as well. Apparently, yeah. we played them last year, but he was injured. I think he was injured or something. Maybe that's down to his uh his um you know going from zero to a hundred uh, to <laughs> too fast. Ryan is a neighbor of mine and uh, he, he now has three kids. So he, I, I see him dragging the three kids over to the playground and his back is in bits, you know, so, so <laughs> he's working too hard. He's playing wing. He plays centre back for the Masters. Uh, apparently, he pulls all the strings a bit like a Kieran McGinley. But anyways, we're not going to get into Masters. I want to finish. I want to finish on this point. Something that's been bothering me a little bit uh, lately, Connor, and that's this word restarts. So you, there's too many people. It's it's coaching jargon. It's it's it has seeped into punditry, and now we're at a point where we're not calling kickouts kickouts. We're calling them restarts. And I was tweeting about this yesterday. I just saw, or saw restarts on Twitter and Stephen Poacher, I think he's a proponent of the word restarts. Again, coming from coaching uh, manual, I've had that in inverted commas here. You can't see me. But <laughs> he, 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 uh, he says restarts. Um, he uses the word restarts. And maybe this is what made him reply back to me. But he says re- restarts can come in the form of kickouts, free kicks, sideline balls, marks and free possession from an injury blown by the referee it's a way of restarting the game and I don't know I just I was scratching my head and I was thinking Jesus am I very old-fashioned that I would just prefer to call them kickouts, free kicks sideline <laughs> balls <laughs> marks <laughs> and free possession from an injury Connor. I'm exactly the same as you Willie. I was like well that you know you've taken about six terms to explain different things to me that call, all come under the one banner so why not just call them what you've been calling them for donkey's years yourself you know i i i be i be like you so words like process words like restarts and process is a particular one for me that's creeped in the and process then, yeah that's yeah. creeped in in the last maybe 10 to 15 years and i know listen before anyone comes at me i know it serves a purpose but like the, 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 to hear it just repeated ad nauseum by players that are saying, you know, that they stick to the process, whatever. And, you know, I thought it had been forgotten about to a certain degree. And then I, were, I read uh, Bernard Brogan's book there lately and he called, uh, he called Johnny Cooper a process ninja, which was taking it to another level <laughs> altogether. So, uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. So uh, just, just, just call them what they've always been called as, 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 as opposed to trying to recreate new words for them. Well, I agree. Process is a good one. And that's Jim Gavin went to town on that one. Transition is another one. And this kind of entered into the kind of uh, punditry lexicon when, you know, the defensive systems. And this is a, another one of, of poachers where he comes up with about five or six different transition moves, like a blast off transition. I don't know. This is all a load of our nonsense, Chair, as far as I'm concerned. Listen, just call them what they are and stop trying to act clever. Uh, so I, 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 I tell you, right, I, 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 not that I'm disagreeing, which is right. I, I, I'm, I'm, obviously fairly no nonsense myself um the game is in rocket science and um um again you you, you can have your structures your 
your your strategies you can have your 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 buzzwords um ultimately you, you have to have fit fellas and talented fellas to actually go out and uh, perform the basics right but uh, probably what poacher again i don't know the man from adam but um what he's what he's probably getting at is sometimes in the moments within a game where a game can be either going away from you or you're in the ascendancy and you can switch off and uh, sit back. Um, if, you, if you break the game up into the different moments um, or restarts, of, of which there's about 80 in a, in a game of Gaelic football, roughly 40 for each team, um, it's just a way of focusing a fella's minds and keeping them in the present moments. If you uh, think too much about the outcome, you can become distracted and you can actually um, get lost within a game. So uh, in terms of the modern player and only that, again, that I'm working in, in UCD as well with the GA uh, side of things the last five years, Willie, that's the language that they have kind of become accustomed to. Is the it? language me and you uh, were accustomed to was do your bloody job. And, well, well, no, hang on. You know? the, the language I would have been accustomed to is that you have to concentrate. When the ball goes out of play, don't switch off. Yeah. Now that's, be, now that's, be, that's turned into restarts. Yeah, well, well, next ball was the one we used to get. Next, next ball, ball, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so, um, well, uh, are the, we retiring next ball and stay alive when the ball goes out? Play? Are they gone now? <laughs> no, they're still there. I, I, I like <laughs> you stay alive uh, a good bit, and uh, especially when our forwards are trying to defend because the forward tends to dive in and there's an overlap, you know, created. So if the forward just stays alive as best he can, uh, <laughs> you give ourselves a chance, but. Um, Different things work for for different players. Like I just, I can just imagine like restarts in a South Dublin accent. Restart, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, right, game scenario was probably something I just uh, became accustomed to. And again, it's whatever suits you and, and suits the fellas you're working with. Yeah, you have to make it work. Um, if, if you go back to Stephen Cluxon's point in the 2011 All Ireland final, um, well, Cluxon was lining up the ball. Um, I was turning around to, to get back to uh, full-back, um, which um, I think maybe Dennis Bastic or that was going to get the centre-back, and then Rory O'Carroll was going to jump in the goal. So we were setting that up while Klucko was placing the ball. Uh, if the ball was to go short or he would mishit it and that we would uh, be ready for the restart or for... <laughs> the kick-out. For the kick-out. But... But the, the, the more involved uh, a team is, uh, the less team they, they need to talk about it. They just nearly turn around and you're looking at each other and you see what's happening in front of you and you're able to um, do what you practice and training. But anyway, um, different buzzwords for different coaches. Yeah. Uh, so it's not going, you're telling me it's not going anywhere. It's gotten into the colleges and the universities and we're all screwed. The, 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 uh, but a set plays is probably another one that, that you hear being, being, uh, being thrown around. So, so if it's a sideline ball... Yeah, playing against a packed defense that you've 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 worked through a couple of set plays and I I can accept set plays. Yeah, I won't get, I won't get cross with yeah. set plays. Yeah, well, set set plays is probably what I use. Uh, game scenario is, is something I would use um, uh, in the the kind of the tactics room where you're you're trying to get fellas to visualize what they're they're likely to see on the field, so um, they don't have to think too much about it uh, about it when they're they're faced with it in uh, in real time, you know. But um, see, we have so much access to Netflix and everything else and all these coaching um, 
shows that you see, like, you know, um, there's actually yeah. more on Netflix at the moment about the different coaches. Um, um, oh, Jose Marino's on it. Uh, Jose is fairly no nonsense as well, like, you know, so. Right, right. I blame the internet, basically. Right, blame, blame, blame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads, we'll leave it there. We'll come back and talk about the matches. I work as a policeman at Garda Sheikana down, down the store street, and I'm coming back out, and there's a cohort of loyal Tyrone fans still up in the stand as you come back out. And they're roaring at me, hey, Caffrey, you free state bastard. (laughs) 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 And and, and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. All right, so Cork versus Kerry, lads. Um, this is on Sunday at 4 o'clock. It's on the television, obviously. It's in Parky Cueve um, again, which is surprising enough considering it was in Parky Cueve last year. Am I right in that? It was, yeah. The Kerry yeah, Cork got three goals that game, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the, that was the game last year that, that Kerry... I don't know why. I would have thought they had a home and away agreement, Cork and Kerry. Anyways, I'm not going to get bogged down um, on that. On a Parky Cueve, Wally, I think they may have had to play two times in a row in Kerry. With the oh, while it was yeah. Parky Cueve was yeah. being, yeah, 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 that's probably it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks for that, Jared, for cleaning oh. for clearing that up. Um, Cork have injuries. Uh, Kieran Sheen is out, Lima Donovan is out, Thomas Clancy's out, Kevin Crowley's out, James, Lock- James Lockery, who was going to fill in probably at full back, is out, so they have problems in their full back line. Um, that's with Lockery and Lima Donovan, uh, definitely. It's not the best place, Connor, in the world to be having issues, um, in when you're coming up against Tony Brosnan and, and David Clifford. Yeah, and especially with Tony Brosnan and, and uh, David Clifford shooting the lights out as they have been so far, you know, it's like, and I was trying to kind of get a handle on uh, how Cork might set up, and it's really because I suppose they've only played one game since the resumption, and they have so many injuries to so many key players as you mentioned there, and with Kerry looking as potent in attack as they as they have done. So, and I don't think, uh, you know, we'll probably get into it. I don't think it necessarily suits, you know, as other teams might. They might just kind of go a little more defensive, but I don't think it suits Cork's style. So, uh, like, obviously, it's going to be the first port of call for for Owen Riccardi the next day as 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 to what to do. So, um, how they how they'll set up against it um, is going to be very interesting. But like, you know, who who in the world could mark uh, who in the world could mark David Clifford at the moment? I'm not sure, but uh, it's um, yeah, it's it's it, it, whoever does because it's going to have a serious job in their hands. Yeah, I don't think it suits the car players to go overly defensive, Jer uh, and Keen O'Neill teams. We know he's the coach and he has a big input there. Like, I mean, he kind of almost copied the Dublin uh, model with the Keno Sullivan dropping back. It was uh, Doyle, Owen Doyle, their centre-back, kind of would, would drop back off his man and kind of cover, you know, a traditional centre-half back, which kind of turned a little bit into a sweeper. I think that's probably what we'll see from Cork without going overly defensive when it doesn't suit them. Yeah, look, it's against their their nature, Cork, to, 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 to kind of park the bus. Um, not saying that uh, they may uh, show it at the weekend, given... Where they are uh, coming up from Division Three and, and and the injuries that you highlighted there, um, I think whether they park the bus or they they they, they play with their centre back kind of dropping off in general play, uh, I think they're still going to be under pressure um, against this Kerry team. Um, I think if they are to have any chance, I think they have to maybe try and go toe to toe and try to force. Uh, well, not let Kerry settle initially in the early parts of the game and, and put as much pressure 
on them as possible further 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 out the field and um tried to turn over a few of the carry defenders because all of those defenders there's she's between Thomas Sullivan Gavin White, uh, they're popping up in the opposition full forward line regularly in the last couple of games, uh, popping over scores or winning frees and creating havoc. And then you, 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 Connor mentioned Brosnan there, you, you, Paul Gini as well to come into that full forward line. Like it, it's a very ominous challenge for Cork at the moment. Um, I uh, I think if Kerry are in the mood, I think they could they could hockey Cork. Uh, to be honest. Uh, between the injuries and the level that Cork been playing at last year, I know they won Division Three well, but it's just such a, a huge step up in terms of competition. Um, but uh, I, I don't see whether Cork put out fifteen or twenty twenty five players. I, I still think they're going to get bet. You know? Yeah, Paul Paul Kerrigan played last uh, the last game against Loud and ran a muck in yeah. the full forward line, and like he's been there a long time. And it, Thomas Sullivan or Tom Sullivan destroyed him last year, attacking on him from corner back. And like it's hard to know where to play Paul Kerrigan, uh, Connor, because if he plays in a full forward full forward line, you can be sure Tom Sullivan will pick him up, and he's not going to have an easy day chasing him all over the field. Maybe if you're going to play him, play him centre half forward potentially, where you know Peter Crowley might not follow him. I think that's a good shout. I mean, like we like we we kind of associate Paul Kerrigan with being the classic like wing forward, you know, back um back maybe back maybe a few years ago. But like I don't think like well Tom Sullivan showed last year that it does not like it does not absolutely absolutely does not suit Paul Kerrigan to be chasing back the pitch. And I don't think I don't think, you know, Kerrigan would have had the legs for that, does have the legs for that now as as he might have used to have back in the day either. So the thing with the 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 good thing about maybe playing him at eleven is that, you know, for all for all Kerry do have an attacking threat from their half back line, they'll probably still want to, you know, maintain some sort of sh- uh, shape at six. For probably, with probably Peter Crowley there as well. So if you're looking, there's 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 fellas better placed in the Cork forward line. If people do have to be chasing back after after likes of Tom Sullivan, after the ga- after Gavin White, and I, I I would say they will because we've just said that like Cork probably aren't going to go defensive. So I think I, I think with that in mind, it would probably suit Kerrigan to. To, to play at 11, as as you mentioned, and then like he can put in decent ball inside, whether it's to, you know, they, they have a couple of good options. If Mark Collins is going to be in there, it could be uh, Brian Hurley if he's fit or um, O'Callaghan, who's, who's come up from the under 20s, been doing well as well. So uh, like that, that, that seems to me like the, 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 the most sensible option for, for Cork to play Kerrigan on Sunday. Yeah, no, I think at centre half forward, then you have uh, Rory Dean, who's brilliant. He's an ex- yeah. outstanding player, and Killian O'Hanlon. You could play them on the two wings to maybe, you know, have m- more of a work rate to be following Murphy and um, and uh, Gavin White. White. Mm-hmm. You know, so like maybe maybe that's the like the full forward line. We we're, we're not sure about Brian Hurley. He could be right if he's fit. It would probably be Brian Hurley, Mark Collins inside, and Luke Connolly drifting out in front of them. I'm not sure any of those young fellas are going to push in ahead of those three unless Hurley is um is out. Luke Connolly likes to drift around and has good distribution as well. So, like, I mean, if that's the case, you'd imagine Tom Sullivan will pick up Hurley. You'd imagine uh, Jason Foley pick up uh, Luke Connolly and you'd have Ty Morley on Collins. You know, those kind of matchups. All, all these matchups will be interesting. Like, I mean, they, they, I, I understand Kerry be strong favourites here, but Cork can hurt them, Jaron. They did hurt them last year. Like, I mean, they scored three goals. I think it was three ten to one nineteen. They had Kerry in all sorts of problems, and I think that's where the reputa- Kerry's reputation for having a poor backline came from. It was was that actual monster final? Yeah, and uh, was it was it was it Rory Dean? I'm trying to remember that creating a lot, a lot of havoc for them in the, course, yeah. in, in the first half. Um, in terms of uh, driving through and taking on his man, like 
I I would say Woolly for the up to the first up, up to the first half water break, you know, it, it, it'd be tip for task. Cork will go as hard as they can. Um, they will create a couple of opportunities. Um, but I just think there's far too much firepower, um, far too much um, uh, hunger uh, in the in the Kerry setup at present, and the trajectory of the current Kerry team under Peter Keane. It's just at a different level um, uh, for me at the moment. I know it is championship, the core carry rivalry that's there. That's going to add uh, another couple of percentages to the performance of the core players. But ultimately, um, those forwards that you mentioned, um, bar Hurley, I, I wouldn't be, and, and Fairness Dean did well, but but Hurley but Dean last year, I think Kerry probably didn't pay enough attention to him maybe in their um, uh, build-up to it and that he did creep in, but uh, you can be sure that he, he's not going to get a look at this this this, this time round and that we'll, Peter Keane will have the lads um, well-primed to ensure that he isn't getting in. But um, outside of Hurley, if he is fit and he does play, um, I just don't see uh, the other core forwards being in, in position to, to, to get by and to, and to damage uh, the Kerry defence. I just think Kerry are just... At a whole different level altogether. Are you are you concerned about Kerry as a dub, Chair? Yes, oh yeah. Well, Kerry, Kerry, they're going to win at some stage, right? Talk about a general bloody statement. But when, <laughs> when, when we broke the mold in two thousand eleven, and 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 it's hard to do, you know. Um, when 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 we when we broke through the bit of confidence that came from that. Um, uh, is, is it's unbelievable, and all, all of a sudden that bit of a fear factor that, that you have um, um, when you were playing against the likes of Kerry and Throne and and even Cork, but it's 2010 and that a couple of times. I think 2011 league final as well. Um, but once you once you once you beat them once, you know um, you can go on and push on and and, and do what I've, what what Dublin clubs have done and. I think I would be fearful uh, uh, as a dub that Kerry will, will 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 do the same with the players that they have. Um, so the longer that um, somebody, uh, hopefully Dublin, keep them down, the better. But they are going to have their uh, they are going to have their moment, and it is going to be very very soon. You know. Yeah, well, you want to keep your foot in their heads for as long as possible. Yeah, I think. We, we, we don't know what the situation Sean Porter is it looks like he might be back to fitness Sean White uh, again hopeful back to fitness uh, Maddie Taylor that'll be the Cork half back line if you're a half back an attacking wing back aficionado like I am um, I used to be one you're in for a treat um, in this game because you have Paul Murphy Gavin White Sean Porter and Maddie Taylor who are very very good exponents of this um, Connor. Yeah, and there could be scope for them to, like from the Cork point of view as well, there could be scope for attack because like if you look at the formation of the Kerry half-forward line, for example, Mihal Burns, Sean O'Shea will probably stay up. Mihal Burns and, and Buckley will probably look to kind of, you know, get back and kind of rope out and around the midfield and defence as well. So there could be opportunity there for, for Cork to plough on. I just, I I like I was kind of just looking at the Cork injuries beforehand. I, like I, Sean Powder, there seems to be a bit of a doubt over him. Like I, like I, I just... It's ever since I saw saw him play, he he absolutely tore Mayo asunder in the Gaelic grounds in um, twenty seventeen, I think. And any time, like he's been plagued with injuries since, unfortunately. But yeah. I've rarely seen somebody. It was the first time I'd seen him, and I'd rarely been excited watching. Obviously, it was against Mayo at the time, but but rarely been so excited watching somebody with such pace and such low center of gravity and such such ability to to, to do damage. And then on the other side, like Gavin White is in the absolute form of his life. 
uh, for Kerry, um, you know, really coming into his own, like absolutely like showing that it suits him at seven as opposed to playing as a wing forward who 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 might be, you know, getting the ball facing the wrong way, as as was the case a couple of times last year. So definitely like I think I think if should should the, the, the Cork lads that you mentioned there come back, like Kerry's half back line has turned from one of the what was might have been deemed as a kind of a problem line for them into into their one of their strengths too. So um both both teams will be looking at it as a huge platform for them to for to attack and win the game on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Kerry team that played Donegal will be very close. Uh, Paul Geaney's not fit. James O'Donoghue's not fit. So we're looking at a full forward line of Tony Brosnan, David Clifford, Darren Moynihan. I think the backs are settled. Jason Foley, Tyke Morley, Thomas Sullivan, Paul Murphy, Peter Crowley, Gavin White. That's their back line. David Moran in midfield. Dermot O'Connor looks to have uh, passed out uh, Jack Barry. He probably is more of a dynamic player, has, has more strings to his bow and is a bit lighter on his feet than Jack Barry, but Jack Barry is definitely a good option uh, to be bringing in. Their half-forward line, Sean O'Shea, is a guarantee. You've Ronan Buckley and Michal Burns. Now, they could be potentially two places that are up for grabs. Ronan Buckley is a workhorse. And I suppose, Jared, that's a matter of getting the balance right in any team. That when you have attacking half-backs, you know, you need somebody that, when Gavin White passes by them in a blur, because you knew him, uh, that Ronan Buckley will drop back and maybe plug, up, plug a hole there. Yeah, and, and Roland has just come up to UCD doing his teaching masters, and um, having gotten to know him a small bit now in, in, in the brief time we've had together, so he 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 was Roland was delighted with his performances in the in the Kerry Championship, and he he was given some of those man marking um, dogging kind of roles in the from the middle of the field, and 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 he obviously performed very very well, which which resulted in him getting a run in, in the last couple of league games and. Again, um, every team, um, whether it's Dublin or Kerry, you need a few fellas who are going to just do the donkey work, um, the unseen work, the stuff that doesn't make the the, uh, the Sunday game footage or whatever. Um, but but without them, uh, the team wouldn't be uh, as successful um, as uh, as they uh, would be. Um, I think you mentioned Tony Brosnan there. Now he he's someone up front. I, I was very impressed with. Um, in their game against uh, Donegal, I, I think he's someone I don't know a whole lot about um, uh, just yet. But from the little I've seen of him, like he just seems so comfortable uh, playing at that level, and he, he he's going to cause big headaches for uh, certainly the likes of Gini and and the Donegal who are trying to get back into the team. But uh, for the core full back line, I think he's going to have a field day. He's uh, it's it's um it's 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 some forward unit and and attacking half back line that that Kerry have uh, Woolley and um, the likes of Ronan Buckley and if Jack Barry does come in, Jack would play a similar ish kind of role to to uh, Ronan Buckley and and trying to probably curb the influence of uh, one of the uh, attacking uh, midfielders or one of the, the attacking wing forwards. So uh, we we'll probably see Jack at some stage then as well, but. Uh, Again, I I just find it very very hard to, to see a way through for uh, for Cork. Um, if they were playing in Division One this year, um, I'd give them more hope. But um, again, that 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 standard, that intensity, that tempo that you uh, you get in Division One just isn't there in uh, challenge games or in Division Three. And I think they are going to have to work it out. And and uh, like I, I mentioned already, that bit of adrenaline that you will get going into a a monster championship game Cork and Kerry that'll get you so far but uh, they um, I, I would be fearful for the Cork team yeah I suppose that is a fair that is a fair point the division three 
um, point. It's been a long time. It's been the Super 8s last year since they've played that level of opposition, Connor. You're looking at having an easy enough time in Division 3 and only playing one game, which is a complete demo- demolition of, of Loud with a good few injuries where you didn't get to even play your full team. Whereas, like I said with Kerry, you look at Kerry's team that played against Donegal, and I think that would be, maybe Stephen O'Brien will come back in there, but I think that would be, you know, their team. You're not comparing, it's chalk and cheese, the the, the, the preparation of both teams coming into this game. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think Cork so, showed during the Super Aids last year that they definitely they definitely have, have an aspiration to be at to, to be at level and they weren't that far off, but there was just, you know, like Dublin pulled away from them, Tyrone pulled away from them in the end. They weren't quite at that level yet. And I suppose the ideal thing for them, you know, on the back of that would have been something like a division one campaign. Instead, they found themselves down in division three. Now listen, they've been shooting the lights out in division three. I think they've been averaging two seventeen or something like that. And they've they've scored twelve ninety six in the league or something like you know, some something ridiculous. But that's against opposition that's not nearly the quality yeah, you sound like you sound like Pat Spillane now. He loves the league. He, lo- <laughs> he loves the four and forward, Willie, and how, how, <laughs> how many people can play in in each half. Well, well, here, well, here, well, here's Pat. I'll give you Pat Spillane's analysis on this. This is a Division Three team coming up against a Division One team, and I've got to put that into my calculator, and I can only see a carry victory here on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Pat, Pat has said it better than I ever could. But that's listen, Cork. Like I, I, I just think that this game probably will come a bit early for Cork. I think they're definitely on the right trajectory, and I think. They're going to benefit hugely from playing in Division 2 next year, which Division 2 is always crazy competitive. It's going to even be more competitive last year or next year with the teams that have come up from Division 3 and the teams with Mayo and Mead coming down from Division 2 as well. So I think that Cork will eventually benefit from that. But this, uh, they're playing against Kerry team who I think are in. You know, Jared was on about our Dublin worry there. I would be absolutely petrified if I was Dublin because I think just Kerry look in absolute tip-top shape. I think they were, they were brilliant last year and I think they've... They've ironed out any little kind of um, issues that they might have had. I, I think defensively, particularly, I think they're even more of a unit. They always had the individuals, but they're more of a unit now. And I think that I think they'll show. I think they'll show on um, on on Sunday how they, how they are fixed and 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 possibly make a statement that could make them even favourites to, to go on and win it. There, there might there might be there might be Jared, a bit of a comparison between you in two thousand eleven in that in two thousand and ten. You finished that season while you didn't get to an honour and final, but you put in a brilliant performance against Cork. You were very close that day. And coming back in 2011, it wasn't like the years before you'd been well beaten. And, you know, I suppose psychologically, you were wondering where you were at. In 2011, you started that year saying, look, we were just a kick of a ball away from the very best teams. And, and maybe Kerry in their own heads were arguably should have beaten Dublin the, the first day last year in the All-Ireland Final. There might be some similarities there between Yee in 2011 and Kerry this year. No, there uh, 100% is, Wooly. And, you know, the Kerry players would have reviewed uh, the All-Ireland Final, I'm sure. And, and and they would have looked at a couple of really simple areas and mistakes that they uh, they may have made. And, and, and um, you know, if you're Peter Keane, you are trying to be positive and optimistic and, a glass three quarters full uh, with the group and say, look at lads, if, if he had done this right or, and that right, small things, we could be all Ireland champions here. And that's how close we are to uh, to uh, to being the best. Um, but yeah, there will be a lot of similarities there. Um, I, I think, Willie, if, if I was in the Kerry panel and haven't been in, obviously, a fairly competitive Dublin environment for a good few years, the, sometimes the, the, the pressure of uh, w- when you're starting, the pressure of what's behind you on the line uh, is almost um, as much, if not more, of a motivating factor 
uh, when you do take to the field in the first 15 and bar um, again you could you, you could name six or seven definite starters on, on any Dublin or any Kerry team but um, the 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 pressure of of, of, of knowing that if you, if you do underperform that there is a man now behind you who is pretty much almost equally as good and uh, he's going to come in and, and get his opportunity. So you, you you literally have to perform in this game against Cork. Is that is that too? Is, does that add an extra bit of pressure that sometimes can be a bit too much? And that when you make a mistake, instead of just shaking it off, you have that in your head that somebody could come in and replace you. I don't, I don't know. I just think in my head when I was playing at my best. Obviously, you don't want to get to a level where you're in a comfort zone. But I was never ever thinking of coming off at the same time. So yeah, and 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 it, it it's it's you kind of want to exist within that space of being confident, yeah, and uh, not so much arrogant, but certainly confident that. But not scared either. But not scared either. So 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 if if, if uh, for argument's sake, and uh, a couple of times I might have had a bad game here or there, um, I knew that I needed to put the head down for the next two or three weeks in training because I I I didn't play to the level that I I certainly know I can play to it. So I'm going to have to just work my ass off for the next uh, two or three weeks in training. All going well, I get the nod, which thankfully I did most of the time. And then uh, um, you you do take confidence that you have been given the jersey again and, and you are uh, taken to the field. But if, if you get too comfortable, like you mentioned, you can become complacent and you end up getting whipped off. If you're too much the other way, well, then you become overly fearful and then the ball yeah. like a hot potato and ultimately <laughs> that's that's where that, that that pressure is is a is an absolute necessity if you want to become an elite performer um you 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 do need to know that um uh, there, there there are people coming for you uh, within your own setup while also acknowledging the opposition that you're playing against that they want what's what you want and are you willing a man enough to 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 to, to face it uh, head on and, 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 and give it your all. So um, there's, a, there's a couple of psychological things going on there, right? what do you know? Yeah, no, there definitely is. Are we all going for Kerry here, lads? Just keep it short. Yes, for me. Yeah, same as. Yeah, okay, right. That, um, that'll that do. I don't think it'll be a hammering like Jared is. Jared, see, Jared you, you seem to be falling down towards a hammering. I, I think Kerry might win it by four or five. I'm going to write, depending on the weather, I... Um, uh, I'll, I'll go with seven or eight if the weather's bad, and I'll, I'll go with 12, 13 if the weather's good. Jesus. <laughs> to the show on Monday, and, uh, and uh, you can reference me, good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, we'll come back and we'll look at the other games. When your legs don't work like they used to before. I was actually coming home on Saturday morning and I had the podcast on for Newbridge all night and that that helps the journey to be honest if I'm if I've ran out of Ed Sheeran songs depends on mood I'm in Ed's good for uh, if you're in a soppy mood Ed's good to sing along to you and then if you're in a GA head mood which I am probably most of the week then I turn these boys on Darling I will be loving you All right, predictions time, lads. And the first one we're going to come to, we'll spend a bit more time on this one, is Roscommon Mayo. It's the other big one of the weekend. Like, I mean, like a, a strange uh, stat I saw, uh, Connor was Mayo, went into the Sligo game with only five players 
that started the 2017 All-Ireland final. Like, I mean, what a turnover. It's incredible. Like, no Keith Higgins, no Colin Boyle, no Donny Vaughan, no Seamus O'Shea, no Tom Parsons. Um, Brendan Harrison and Jason Doherty, they're both injured, so they're out. You'd imagine both of them would probably be still around. Like, this is a completely new Mayo team. Yeah, I heard you I heard you talking about this on uh, on Monday's show as well, Willie. And it's like the thing in Mayo has been the last few years is that we've been worried about what's going to happen when that, you know, the, the team from, let's say, 2013 to, to 2017, 2018 is going to fall apart. And now we're worried that the tr- this transition is coming too soon and that they're they're being maybe, you know, pushed aside a, a little bit too quickly. Because I, I don't know, I just felt I felt against, uh, you know, the Galway game was a complete misnomer in terms of, what you know, what we're going to get in the rest of the championship. And I just felt that against Tyrone, uh, particularly, that there was, uh, that Mayo were a bit naive at times and needed that experience, which amazed me that, the likes of Colin Boyle, the likes of Chris Barrett, Keith Higgins weren't given even, you know, Chris Barrett, I think, got maybe... Barrett 10, came on. Yeah, got, he maybe got 10 minutes the last day as well. Do you know, like, I, I thought that they'd even try and blood them. So if they felt that they needed them against, you know, in a in the heat of a championship battle against Roscommon, that they'd be able to call on them. And, they, you know, they, they're not coming in completely from the cold. So, listen, it's a completely different Mayo team. I, like, and, and even it was interesting to hear James Horn after the Galway game. He was asked about the absence of those lads that you've just mentioned. And they were called the in in the question. You they were called guaranteed starters, and he kind of winced at that. And he was like, "You know that term doesn't apply to this squad anymore." This is acknowledging himself that it's a complete new team. It's exciting yeah. in one way, Willie. I mean, like, look at what we you know what what we did against Galway. There was times against Tyrone where we, we looked like we could shot shoot the lights out as well. And then you look at individuals like Oshie Mullen and Tommy Conroy and stuff, and how they've progressed. But at the same time, I just like in in against Roscommon, who I would not underestimate at all, and I was, I was, I was, I was cringing earlier on when you know you were mentioning the iconic final between Galway and Mayo because it's it's definitely not that clear cut. I think that Mayo could. Ah, uh, you only put Mayo in there to keep you guessing about whether you wanted this uh, Sligo game re- oh, rescheduled. That, yeah, Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I like uh, it would have been an easier answer had I thrown Ross Common in there. Yeah, that, well, that's yeah, that's exactly it. But I would listen. Like Ross Common came to Casabar and won. I think it was for the first time in thirty years last year. I would worry about um, Mayo's kind of, uh, you know, Mayo have lorded it over uh, over Roscommon in the physical stakes and in midfield the last few years, and I don't think that'll be the case on Sunday. So, well, it, well, it, well that's, that's a good point. I'll just throw that to you. And that, that is something I have in my notes here. Like, you're looking at Seamus O'Shea, Tom Parsons and Aidan O'Shea. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm including Galloway in this with Roscommon. Roscommon always had a problem in midfield. Mayo have taken, a, have offered... You know what I mean? That mm. strength and give it, you know, almost like with they have Matthew Ruan and Conor Loftus in midfield. Now you're you're looking at them going up against Tiger Rourke and Compton, which probably is Russ Common's uh, first choice midfield. Like it's not again, it's n- it's not a match for the very top teams at all. It's still a weak midfield. No disrespect to the two lads, but it probably is a match for Ruan and Loftus. Yeah, no, I definitely think so, and I I I would extend that Willie to to go to. So Mayo started off. The Rory Brickenden was named to start at six against uh, Leitrim. He didn't. Michael Plunkett started there, but he had he hasn't been a regular by any stretch. And Ryan Ryan O'Donnell who started at eleven. So that 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 quartet around the middle, there's there's still a little bit of uncertainty. And just on Loftus and Ruan as well. I mean, Conor Loftus plays midfield for his club, but he like this is the first exposure he's got to um to midfield at county level. And listen, he he's very mobile. Matty Ruan is very mobile as well. But you would absolutely not call either of them, you know, fielders. Are you know specialist feeders by any stretch, and they're not exactly dogs on the ground, you know, in terms of winning breaking ball either. And I thought that uh, against Tyrone particularly, I thought Mayo struggled on breaking ball, and as we saw against um, 
as we saw against Donegal at the weekend, like the Tyrone are by no means the 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 market leaders in that respect either. So the, like I, I think because of that, because of that aspect of the game, I think that it takes on a completely different dimension because for the last few years, I know Roscommon beat us last year, but because of the strength that we've had around the middle, with the names you mentioned there, Parsons, two O'Shea's, um, you know, may have nearly taken it for granted that we're going to have midfield dominance and we're not going to have that. And obviously that's going to affect the the type of ball that's going into a full forward line that seems to be set in its ways at the moment with Conroy O'Shea and Killian O'Connor. So if they're not getting the ball in, they're not going to get the damage. So that would be of the main, of the concerns that I have about Roscommon, the the our ability to to kind of dominate the, the physical exchanges around the middle would be the biggest one. In, in a way, you nearly have to respect uh, James Horan, how like every manager has their philosophies, Chair. Like, I mean, he's a very attacking manager. Like, Ruan and Loftus are two attacking midfielders. Yeah. Like, he played he played no sweeper against the wind, against Tyrone, because he wanted to get scores into the wind. Like, I, I listen, you can criticise this all you want. Now, to be fair, I would. I, there is no real excuse for not having someone covering your full forward line against the gale force wind. But at the same time, if that's his philosophy, we see it in other sports. You know, like Guardiola will have his team press so high and commit so many uh, players to attack. Yes, they can get caught on the break, but his philosophy is to go out and score, Jar. I, I respect it more than I respect somebody who's doing an easy option and putting 13 men inside the 45. Well, two things on that, Woody. I, I would have said it before on the show that the, the template that Mayo have, or the blueprints template that Mayo have uh have brought along with Kerry um, is the right one to try to uh, take down a Dublin uh, team that kind of higher press man on man within reason uh, type defence when you don't have the ball you know that's something that uh, will work um, the second thing is again I mentioned a few minutes ago you can have your your tactics and your structures but they could be the best in the world but without having the right personnel or uh, the right talent um, on the field to be able to execute it, well, then you're going to come up short. And what what I just listened to Connor, you obviously know the Mayo lads better. Uh, uh, what I think James Horn is probably starting to realise, Connor, is is like, say, Chris Barrett, I think, is he 34, maybe 35? Yeah. A, a lot of these fellas, Shamey O'Shea, they're, they're all on the wrong side of 30 and they've been great servants and they've gotten... Um, particularly close within a point, a draw game. Uh, what, what was that, 2016 or 17? Mm. All right, final. Um, so they've gotten really, really, really close. But unfortunately, they haven't been able to get over the line. So uh, from the outside looking in, James Horvath is obviously saying that, very happy with my philosophy, as you mentioned, Wally. That's your buzzword, Wally. You should go back. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I just now need to find a new few, uh, few, a few more bodies that, that I can put into this system and way of playing and, and, and let the lads off and, and, and kind of express themselves and it, it, uh, I, I think it's a great way of playing the game personally speaking um, so yeah those new fellas who are being introduced I think they have to be introduced I think they'll have little baggage and psychological damage in their heads I think of the team uh, the established team uh, Connor uh, that we all know who they are yeah I think Mayo can probably only hang on to five or six of those fellas um, in their starting 15 if uh, they are going to progress and go on and, and try to compete for an All-Ireland. Um, well, just just on that, like, Jared, like, I, well, I'd throw this to you, Connor. I don't think they're All-Ireland contenders with that team, but I also don't think they're All-Ireland contenders with the old team either. Mm. So, like, you have to be realistic with it. 
Yeah, I suppose. And if you're going to take that approach, you might as well. He might as well take it now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, just decide now. This is the way forward. This is the way I'm going, and I'm going to go hell bent on it. I my thing on it was like I was just basing this on what I've seen against Galway and and, and Tyrone in particular. And like, while we destroyed Galway, I just thought there was still still at times where there was a lot of naivety, and this was more so for Tyrone because obviously the what you mentioned there about not covering. Uh, not covering the full back line, and you don't even have to play a sweeper to do that. You know, somebody could have just kind of use their centre back put yeah. upon themselves. Exactly, like Kevin McLaughlin was playing centre back that day. It didn't work. He hasn't been seen since. Like he had been carrying a knock. But it's just, it's just a simple matter of listen. There's we have we have committed twelve men to the attack here. There's a gale force breeze, one turnover, and it's on. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's it's not a, it's not about playing as playing a sweeper. It's about it's about playing sensibly. And I I would have said that like. I just thought with like Cullen Boyle was there on the bench or Chris Barrett or somebody like that. And I just thought somebody like that would just naturally know how to do it. Whereas the likes of a, 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 a Ushi Mullen or an Owen McLaughlin particularly might have been a bit bald, bald headed and say, listen, we're just, you know, going flat to the mat here and we're, we're just attacking without any, you know, without any fear for the consequence. So that I, I, while they're there, while, while they're still there, I, I, I would have thought they would have been used. But the fact that, the fact that only Chris Barrett has maybe got 10 minutes leads me to think that James Horn is just, this is the way he's going to go and and, and that's going to be it. Yeah. The, the, I mean, on the Roscommon side, we kind of know how Roscommon um, set up at this stage. Like Kieran Lennon and Kieran Lennon and Connor Cox will stay up um, as much as possible. Whether the Mayo full back line will allow them to do that is is um, up, for, up in the air. Craig will drift kind of out in front of them. Like, I mean, imagine Paddy Durkin is perfect for Enda Smith. Uh, Enda Smith is by far and away Roscommon's most important player. He, make, he makes them uh, take Stephen Cohen, probably be able for Lennon, and Lee Keegan probably follow out Craig. I think Mayo have the, the matchup. Ushin Mullen, Mark Connor Cox. Connor, do you think? Yeah. Like, I mean, Ushin Mullen will just attack poor Connor Cox. If Roscommon don't have a plan for when Ushin Mullen takes off the field and not have Connor Cox chasing him back, then if they're not discussing this uh, during this week, and who's going to pick up Mullen when he goes? Because we don't want Connor Cox gassed out. Well, then I don't know what kind of meetings they're having. Yeah, I, I would imagine it's front and center of Anthony Cunningham's kind of blueprint, and I would imagine that maybe the likes of uh, he'll tell the likes of Nia Kilroy if if Ushin Mullen is going to go. Like Roscommon will be set up defensively to start anyway, so he's going. If Ushin Mullen does go, he'll meet a wall eventually. But Connor Cox doesn't want to be spending his time chasing them even up and down to the halfway line because. That, that has been a notable feature of Mayo's games in the last few games, how how influential Oshin Mullen has been in terms of uh, contributing to the Mayo attack. And he has been given man-marking jobs as well with 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 a bit of mixed success. Now, I fell for him against uh, Tyrone because, as we said, it was 50 yards in front of him into a gale, gale force breeze. But but Connor Cox will, like, Oshin Mullen has been brilliant, but he's still not, um, he probably still has a bit to learn. And, like, Connor Cox might think that there's a bit of change that we got out of him. But in terms of the matchups, I think you're spot on. I think Oshie Mullen for Connor Cox, and I can't see Lee Keegan has been playing as a traditional cornerback. I, I thought that when he was named there, that it might be a case that he'd end up, you know, end up playing in the half back line or something like that. But he has been playing as a traditional cornerback. Had he been in the half back line, he's marked Enda Smith with good success before, so I thought that might yeah. have been it. But at the moment, definitely Paddy Durkin, and Paddy Durkin is on form too, and will want to, as he has done with other players, get Enda Smith facing the wrong way. Yeah, he definitely will. It'd be interesting to see whether Mayo learn from that mistake. If there is a wind as well, which we keep factoring in. I always find it interesting when pundits are analysing games and don't actually take the wind into consideration. It's almost like they're say, yeah, well, like they were very poor in that half. Yeah, they were playing into a gale force wind. Like, I mean, you can't say, like, you have to always, you know, include the wind 
in the analysis. So it will be interesting to see that Mayo learn from their lesson because they're going to be facing a two-man full forward line. And if there is a wind, let's see how you know how they have learned their lesson. We'll take predictions on this, Joe. How, how do you see this one going? I, I'm unsure on this one, Molly, because Mayo can be so hot and cold. Um, I, I think Westcommon, that defensive structure um, that they do have, uh, it is it is a good system. Um, and the Smith is, if I was managing Ender Smith, one thing that probably would frustrate me watching him is is he, sometimes he can be a one trick pony. And if you do have a, somebody like a Lee Keegan or a, um, a Paddy Durkin on him, um, he's just not going to get away from those fellas uh, as much as he likes. So he, he's probably somebody that maybe needs to evolve his game uh, for a bit more. Um, I think Mayo just have a bit more tempo and pace about him. Um, for me now, if it was in the Ross Common camp, you're looking, you're now promoted to Division One. Mayor on their way down. Anthony Cunningham, that might be just an extra bit of uh, motivation to 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 to, to stand on the, the throats of the local neighbours and rivals and um, give them a good send off to Division Two. And that's something that uh, I would sure uh, they they'll they'll probably talk about. But I just think Mayo have. Just a bit more tempo and pace about them. So I'll go with a slight victory to Mayo. Yeah, I'm going slight victory for Mayo too. Uh, what about you, Connor? Yeah, same as uh, like a point or two points, Willie. I don't see any more in it than that. Yeah, you'd be glad. We'd, you'd be glad to get out of Dr. Hyde with any sort of a win. Dublin Westmead, lads, as well. We, we, we're nearly out of time now, lads, so we don't have too much time to talk, to talk on this. We don't know what to... To expect from Dublin yet, Jared? Any rabbits out of a hat? We know they're playing with Smith, who are a pretty defensive team um, under Jack Cooney. So, like, I mean, you know, I, I don't see Dublin potentially being bankers to cover the handicap like they used to be maybe under Jim Gavin. You know, they're, they're still a work in progress and Westmead won't make it easy for them. No, they won't. And and, and, and you mentioned the weather as well and, and the time of year we're playing at. And um, again, uh, likely to be probably wind and rain, which which, which will um, lessen the... Uh, the chances that Dublin will create, like on the soft ground, uh, you're marking the Conor Callaghan or something like that. You're kind of saying to your defender, "Look at if he wins the ball, um, just kind of stand up, don't dive in. It's, it's going to be very hard for him to get past you." Uh, and as you say, stay in the game. What was the one? Stay alive, Willie? Is that you? <laughs> stay alive. I think that's your one. Stay in the game. Uh, that's what you would be telling the Westmead um, defenders to do. Um, you'd be going out to frustrate Dublin uh, for as long as possible. Stay in the game keep a couple of points going into the last quarter of the match and then see what happens. But look, at um, it'd be silly of us to, 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 to go against um, uh, uh, nothing other than a, a Dublin victory. You know, they still did win their last two games. Desi is trialling a couple of new players, finding his, his, uh, his feet without going too much away from the uh, template that has been successful for Dublin. I know we chatted about that before. So, um Again, a Dublin victory by maybe seven or eight, I would say. Yeah, I'm very close to that too, Connor. Yeah, exactly the same. They'll pull away in the second half to win by around 10 points, I would imagine. All right, so Galloway. Me the whole time, lads. You know, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Galloway Sligo is called off, as we're saying. So they're into the rest of the Leinster quarterfinals. Offaly play Kildare. Um, this is in a Moore Park. Oh, so that's a double header. No, is that in a Moore Park? And oh, this this must be on Sunday in a Moore Park. Kildare, because Dublin must meet is in a Moore Park um, on Saturday. That's on the television. Jack O'Connor was saying um, during the week, he says, we think we're good enough. There's a lot of good footballers in Kildare. We're just trying to get the players to believe in themselves and what uh, they're doing. 
He saw uh, what happened in Dublin when they broke through. Suddenly, belief snowballed. First part is the hard part to crack. It's almost word for word what you had said uh, earlier, Ger. Kildare obviously came back from the, the, the break. I hate using that word, lockdown. And uh, to beat Cavan and beat Westmead, Westmead were pretty defensive that day. For me, Kieran McKeever doesn't entertain Kildare at all. <laughs> he doesn't really... Uh, uh, rate them. I think Kildare are Dublin's biggest threat in Leinster. And I think if they got it together with a new Dublin team, you know, on a bad day, like I think it was Ben Ben McCormack missed the chance. Uh, was it two years ago in the Leinster in the Leinster final against Dublin? And it might have kept that game a little bit closer. Um, I think Kildare are the second best team in Leinster. What's your thoughts on that? I, well, I I think Kildare's talent with me heart would be a real challenge for uh, Dublin and Leinster. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. And and, and, and Kildare, they know themselves. Is it, isn't that a terrible thing to say about Kildare, that they don't have any heart? Like, I see where you're coming from, but, like, if Kildare players, like, I mean, it's a terrible label to get. Yeah, and, and, and maybe heart is, 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 is probably un, un, unfair, um, but, but just... Steel. Steel is probably the word, yeah. And, um, um, they, when the game is going well for them... Um, um, they can probably get sometimes carried away with themselves when the game is going away from them. Um, they they can go into themselves, and and look at Jack O'Connor has he won three All Irelands with Kerry and um, at senior level he he obviously knows what he's talking about. So he's obviously identifying as as the three with here can identify uh, savage footballers in there, but putting it all together and getting the performance out of them and the consistency out of them. That seems to be uh, Kildare's challenge um, on and off um, over the well throughout their history. Now, in fairness to Kieran McGinley, um got them really close all around semi final. I think that was two thousand and ten. They lost it down, and um, uh, that was the closest they they would have gotten um, in terms of that style and consistency of performance. And uh, they were just just missing something then, you know. Yeah, exactly. So we'll all go for Kildare here, lads. Yeah. Kildare. Yeah. Okay. Other one, Leach Longford. As we're just going to have to stick to predictions here now because I have some hurlers that are waiting um, on the line and they're dying to start talking about uh, some of the small ball here. Leash Longford, um, I'm going for a leash win, Les, but this is probably a toss-up. Uh, Connor, I go to you first. I'm going to go for Longford, Wally. Sorry, but uh, I, I'm going to go for them this again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is about supporters when they say that bollocks tipped the other team against us. Like, I mean, they really take it personally when a pundit tips against their team. I'm not one of those people, Connor. Jared, what do you think? Um, well, you're you have to be objective, Wooly. Like you know, even though it's your own county, um, you're 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 seeing it with your own. Uh, we have a good we have a good record against Longford. Now it is in Pierce Park, which isn't an easiest place, an, yeah. easy, an easy place to go. Yeah, no, look, he 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 finished very well the last day, which which shows great resolve. Having been down with so many points, so uh, Michael Quirk and the players will take confidence from that um, going into the game. So uh, I think it'll, uh, I think it'll be a close one, Woolly. Um, maybe maybe leash by a point or two. Okay, right. Wicklow Mead, lads. Mead will get all they want of it down in Ockram. We know how how hard traditionally Ockram is. Well, actually, we've made a joke about how hard it actually isn't um, some of the times. But anyways, ever since 1986 and the Battle of Ockram, Ockram's a terrible place to go. Mead, it depends again on the weather because Ockram is a boggy... Let's be honest, the pitch is not a great pitch during the winter. It's very, very boggy and it's very wet. And, like, I mean, if that is a bad day with a wind and Wicklow play a direct brand of football, uh, Ger, 
they could probably get all they want of it down there. No, they will, and and they'll have nothing to lose. Uh, Wicklow uh, getting up out of Division Four, um, winning uh, last weekend against Wexford, and having to go down to Wexford Park two weeks in a row between the last league game to get promotion. And then obviously the championship. Uh, so Davy Burke is obviously doing a very good job with, with the Wicklow players there. Um, they'll have. What are you going? Who are you going? For, who are you going for here? Oh, it has to go for me. Division one has to go for me. <laughs> Division one versus Division four. Pat Spillane. Right, uh, I'm going to go for me, but I, I'm not. There's not going to be too much in this. Connor, quickly. Yeah, me for me. All right, okay, Limerick Tipperary, lads. Uh, I think Tipperary will probably beat Limerick, uh, probably have too much for them, even though Limerick are going uh, really well. A little bit like um, Wicklow, this is in the Gaelic grounds. Uh, two teams who probably used to have a no crowd watching them uh, when it comes to the big balls, so I don't think that'll be too much of an issue for either of them. This is on RT News now. In a word, Jared Tipperary, Limerick. I'm going to chance Limerick by a point. All right, very good, Connor. Tip for me. Tip for you, Cavan Antrim. I think this it will be a Cavan win. It's in they're at home. This is in BBC Northern Ireland, but it's clashing with Mayo and Roscommon. So you'd imagine nobody outside of Cavan and Antrim will be watching this match. Um, I'll go. I'd say Cavan are going to win this one, lads. They, they were they were impressive. Yeah, yeah. Chair, Cavan for me. Connor. Yeah, they got the big mole from last week. So yeah, Cavan for me. Yeah, Fermanagh down. Then is the other one. This is in Brewster Park in Fermanagh. You know, like, I mean, a difficult place for Down to go. I think this one is a toss-up as well. For Mana, you know, preparations have been disrupted. Don't know too much about Down because they had the handiest uh, finish to a league <laughs> to a league that you'll ever see. They got a walkover against Leitrim and then sent half a team to Loud and got beaten. So it's hard to know where they're at. This is a toss-up for me. I'm going to say a draw, a draw after extra time and Down to win on penalties. Oh. Jared. <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to be very very close uh, two similarly matched teams um, the only positive for me would be Down having gotten promotion they'd be on a bit of a buzz um, and I, I think Royce McMahon will, 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 will probably try to harness the, uh, the small county everyone's against us um, type mentality to try and motivate the lads so it'll get them close but I think Down will win Okay, Connor. I'm going to go for Fermanagh at home, will he? Fermanagh at home. Okay, well, there you have it, lads. Right, we'll let, it, we'll let you go. Uh, great stuff today. And we'll be back on Monday. We'll review all the weekend's football. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other. And... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing 10 years.